0: Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher. I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Ooh, Simmons. tops up. And uh, yeah, you guys doing all right?
1: Yeah, we had another national tragedy between podcasts. It's great. <laughs> Keeps happening. <laughs> um,
0: well, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, we would love if you would subscribe um, or rate us. That'd be fantastic. I don't have any funny reason that you should uh, rate us this time. I'm sorry. I've been slacking Kyle, Chris, do you have any great reasons that people should subscribe to our podcast or rate us
2: for their health?
1: Yeah. That's every a good time, thing. Yeah. yeah. Every time you rate us five stars, uh, you add a year to your life. Mm-hmm. We can't
0: promise that it prevents you from getting coronavirus, but we can't <laughs> promise it doesn't hurt. Yep. Your chances of The, the it.
2: research hasn't been done. This,
0: no, it hasn't. And so no, there's should no do
1: definitive it. research. That's the thing. There's if no. you if you rate us five stars, there's a pretty good chance that you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. This is actually our first episode that we're recording after we've released the episode. So you know, oh, kind of the you're uh, right situation. We recorded a bunch of these starting in January and then we released them in May and we've been kind of dripping them out and uh every couple of weeks so this is our first one we've done since we released it so thanks for all the people that have been listening and uh everyone facebook messaging me all the time to tell me the things i'm wrong about on this podcast it's been wait great. wait
1: what Not not like in a bad way just in a discussion way it's been great so uh the other See, thing uh, i've only had people from my family texting and sending me messages that it's spectacular and everything's great what, what are you hearing
0: <laughs> oh no no! It's not like it's bad. It's just like we'll get, I'll get a fact wrong or something, or I'll get some oh. tidbit of information. And they'll be like, "Oh, did you know this?" Or it was this label actually, or whatever. You know, because a lot of times we end these podcasts with like some question that we didn't answer, um, and so I figured out some of the answers to those questions. So I appreciate your help. We've also been giving you a Twitter handle that, unbeknownst to us, was mm. suspended mm. Um, before we released this podcast. And I've been trying to get a hold of the tweeter guys for six weeks and no luck. They just don't care. I don't know how we got suspended. We've not sent a tweet yet. So Blake's don't, first.
1: No, no. Don't let Blake confuse you. His first tweet was very political. It was yep. very politically charged in January. Before any of this happened, I just knew I needed to get
0: something really bad out there that would make me look like a Russian troll um, on our podcast. Anyway, so Finding Emo Pod, not active yet, or it might be by the time this airs, we don't know, um, but honestly, we think Facebook might be the better place to have these kind of discussions, so we're posting every episode on our Facebook page, which is also Finding Emo Pod, that's a good place if you want to come tell us that we're wrong, or discuss an album, or give us suggestions for um, albums you'd like us to talk about, that's a good place to do it. Today, on the episode, we are talking about the Starting Lines 2005 album, Based on a True Story. So that's two episodes in a row, by the way, guys. The uh, bassist, lead singer, mm. and produced by Tim O'Hare. And I think that uh, Kyle Ooh. has done the um, quick research on this one. So some, Kyle, some, take it away.
2: Tell us about the album. Some quick research first. I actually, I'd like to start with with uh, just saying something off the cuff, if that's okay with you guys. Please, please. I it's your podcast. I'm I'm so pumped to talk to you guys about this record because this. I could be wrong, but I feel really weird. I don't think the three of us have spoken about Starting Line. I think that this may be like an understood, like, oh, yeah, everybody likes this band. So I've never talked to you guys about this record, and I'm excited. I want to know what you think.
0: I'm, uh, I'm actually scared.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you should be
0: frightened, but... I just love it so much. I don't think anything terrible is going to go down on this. Chris, you're being um, silent.
1: Well, I, I I was just kind of thinking about what you said. I mean, you're right. I mean, I don't, this isn't a band that, that I've really talked about with you dudes before.
0: I feel like you and I have a little bit, Kyle,
1: May, because yeah. as maybe. we talk
0: about it a little bit, you are the reason that I gave this album another shot. Oh, okay. So we'll talk well, about right. that in a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah, okay, so tell us about, you know, maybe history, recording all that kind of fun stuff, okay. if you've got any of that stuff.
2: Uh, I mean, really, it's the second studio album. It was their first major label um, release because of the Geffen acquire of Drive Through Records. And, man, I had this quote that was just killer from uh yeah see if you can find it i know that they were yeah what they were on drive through,
0: which was basically a co-signed deal with mca right but in the meantime mca and geffen merged and so then geffen became their major label that they i guess went to because the first album sold 300 000 copies or whatever um, which was pretty common back in the early 2000s a lot of people were signing these deals yeah. where you were like your first album was on an indie and then they basically retained right. the right to pull you up to the major for the next one if
2: they right. thought right you kind
1: of got you, you kind of got enough. ramped up to the major if you sold enough copies
2: so yeah. so lead singer bassist Kenny Vasoli describes their time with Geffen uh, it was kind of like having a sort of hot girlfriend that never talks to you you say <laughs> you say oh yeah i'm dating this supermodel but she's in france for 3 years and doesn't <laughs> and doesn't really call me but she promises that when she gets back, we're really going to start to get serious. Oh,
3: that's that a That is a pretty
2: good description. <laughs>
3: yeah. That
0: is, uh, it, like, we know, I know so many people that were either, in, you know, close friends of ours, us, other people, that were talking to labels around this time. Oh. And it was a weird time with labels because so many of them were merging. You got to understand, like, before, in 2000, to, 2001 there were seven major labels and by 2005 I think there were three yep. like that's how many major label emergings yep. were happening not to mention all the indies they were buying up
1: all the A&R people were still behaving the way they did in the old days so right. like a lot of these bands were getting like hit up and hey we're going to fly you out to New York we're going to fly you out do all this kind of cool stuff and then just silence yeah. or shelve the record it was a weird time
0: Well, and we know a lot of people that got signed to a label that got merged or bought by another label. And then mm-hmm. they kind of do all their shuffling around and people. And like, eventually you're at this label where you don't know anyone. No one that signed you is at that label anymore. And so it's like, so it'd be like having that French girlfriend, but she's got amnesia too. And doesn't remember yeah. you or whatever. Well, and um, I know we're
1: going to talk about this later, Kyle, but MXPX, that's a, it's a very similar story with them where they got signed to A M, and got bought out by Island. Is that right?
0: I think so. Don't quote me on that though. We'll fact check
1: it. I mean, well, a- anyway, long story short, the people that are supposed to be, um, you know, marketing your album all find out they're losing their jobs, and you know, your album doesn't get pushed. It's kind of a, yeah, kind Which of a story kinda... that a lot of bands have from that era
0: yeah so I think this is definitely that album for them It sounded like the, no one was really like backing them in the making of this at all like it doesn't sound like they had anyone in their corner
1: I did Jason Tate was in their corner
2: I uh yeah he was i I didn't expect <laughs> to um I didn't expect for you to to talk about that Chris it it's stirring emotions in me
1: because later
2: yeah later <laughs> uh man bands uh, that happened to bands then weird weird okay. oh, oh no one you, we wouldn't know you wouldn't,
1: no, you wouldn't have it, ha- you. It, <laughs> happened kyle, it happened
2: to kyle everyone <laughs> exa- hey guys we were
1: all in bands
2: basic basically chris just gave like you you just told my biography like that's exactly what happened um so okay so like i i don't really have a lot to say about this about like i don't know a ton about the record other than it's their second record it's with geffen uh I guess Howard Benson also did a little bit uh, on this. He did two songs on it. He did um,
0: the singles "Bedroom Talk" and "The World" or the ones Benson did. Tim O'Hare produced the rest of it. So this is our second Tim O'Hare yeah.
2: album, as we mentioned too, yeah. in a row. So Kenny Vasoli was twenty years old. So I mean, mm. punk.
0: Yeah, which means he was because this came out in two thousand five. What's the date on it? In two thousand five, do you have that, Kyle? I never. I will. I will, I will in, in a date. second. Okay. Um yeah he's young. I mean he he had him in 18 or 19 May, when he was right this May 10th. May 10th 2005. So yeah,
2: he's a uh,
0: He's a youngin. Well he was
2: 14 um, when he when he when the starting line picked him up.
0: Right. D- didn't he lie about his age yes. to get in the band? Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh a classic uh answered the one ad for a lead band that needed a lead singer kind of thing which uh there've been a few good bands where that that worked out. Tailt. Them the Killers. Uh, there's some other ones too. Tale as old as I time, Blake. It is. <laughs> Song as old as rhyme. Uh, well, I mean, if 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 you don't have any more kind of um that stuff, let's talk about first impressions. Um, Kyle, I feel like you should go first on this, and then me and Chris. So I think that's how we should get, roll with this.
2: So I was a big starting line fan. I loved say it like you mean it. I loved the EP that they put out on Drive Through. Um, I was super excited and i think that if you were into the starting line back then as i was it they were kind of like just a little bit cleaner sounding newfound glory you know what i mean like a little more polished and so that's kind of what i expected and this record came out and the first impression was just like whoa i i couldn't believe it was the same band um and i i think that i loved it from the from the get go Chris, did you have first impressions? When did you
1: if so you yeah, yeah, yeah. So um I I was a huge fan of the website absolutepunk.net and um uh Jason Tate went bonkers for this record. Kyle, I don't do you remember this? Like when he posted about this record, he said it was legendary. I mean, I, I don't remember what he said. I was actually looking for this post online when he, when he talked about reviewing this record and how amazing it was. And I think my impression of that record kind of got qualified by his impression of it. Mm. And maybe I had, you know, maybe I had like really high expectations. Um, but I, I got really lost in some of the lyrics of it, mm-hmm. but like the arrangement of the songs was way 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 better than our last record the, the record oh, before yeah. this yep. and um so I, I i really really loved it but i also was like uh it's not as great as
2: jason tate says
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah uh, you know and, and i i loved i loved AbsolutePunk.net, and when when they loved a record i always loved it so uh you know i had some mixed feelings about it that, that's just my impression
2: so, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, the the overall notes for the album that I have is for this one, to me, these guys nailed writing intros, bridges, and outros. I can't tell you how many, t- I mean, w- you're going to find out how many times I'm going to mention you're a freaking say sweet and bridge. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, they just nailed those things. They honed their craft on yeah. this album. Absolutely. So um,
0: my first impression um, at the time, I remember... It, being in my room and hearing the song for the first time, and I don't remember. I'm sure I had to have been streaming it on something like Absolute Punk or something like when the single released before the album came out. I was like, to turn a phrase, I was so turned off by Bedroom <laughs> Talk at first. Um, I I just was like, what is happening? And it just <laughs> it just did. I hated the lyrics of that song, and and that immediately didn't I didn't check out the album. Honestly, I just like didn't even give it a shot because I didn't like it, which so this is me admitting that I was wrong cuz then years later we're uh in like New Mexico playing with Kyle's band and uh you know, trading music as we do and stuff and he's like, "Have you listened to Starting Line's second album? You know, this is maybe 2009 or something, this is years later." And I was like, "No, same kind of thing. I kind of scoffed at just the, even the idea of it." And he was like, "No, you really got to you really got to listen to it. It's great." And so I did, and he was right um it's great it's a great album and i'm i'm i was mistaken to not give it a chance based on the first line of a chorus honestly i mean that's like what it did for me
1: see my my answer is basically yours i i did it like the more pc way but that's exactly exactly what i was trying to say
0: and we'll get to that song when we go track by track and talk more about it but that was my first impression so bad first impression because I didn't listen to it honestly which isn't fair um once I did listen to it I loved it and uh, and I think I like it even more now than I did then but uh maybe it's just like it just did not rub me the right way at first and there's lots of bands like that that, that happens with like, some dumb I'm really am using all the wrong it just it just it just poked you funny <laughs> yeah, so many it was bad. A- so many bad metaphors. Um, so, so yeah, but I do, I do li- really like, uh, once I did listen to it, I do think it's my favorite, like Tim O'Hare production. O'Hare? O'Hare? I don't know how you say his last name, but uh, here. I, I feel like, I feel like this album sounds better than his other albums he produced. And not that the other ones sound bad. There's just something, there's nothing, everything's organic on this album. Mm-hmm. Whereas like there's some programming I feel like on every other album I heard him do. Cause he did like, uh rocket Summer's second one he did the rejects one we talked about um he did some other ones too maybe that were more organic oh, I think this one sounds great man it's a yeah. great sounding record so no, you can
1: tell you can tell they put the work in like they spent some time with some of the yes uh deeper cuts and really like invested themselves in like some different sounds some different instruments and different arrangements but yeah the lyrics of that second song <laughs> uh,
0: one other weird thing about it that is not, it's just like a quirk that bothers me. I don't understand why the front cover is 30 like 35 millimeter film, but if the picture of the camera, of like, the 35 millimeter camera, is that just like, me? Am I the only no, one that thought about that? I don't
1: understand. That? I don't understand why a band that's releasing their second record on a major label spent 18 dollars on a graphic designer. What? It's <laughs> probably well, because the label thinking,
0: didn't give them more than that. Like, I no, mean, that's probably the dude.
1: Just thing. like take a picture it, of your, like, take a selfie or something. Yeah. I don't know. Man. I
0: don't love the cover. It so would not make me buy the album. It's, t- if that makes it's sense. terrible artwork. <laughs> terrible. It's not the worst. <laughs> it's not the worst for then. No, It's not the then. worst, but it's terrible. We could have a whole episode about bad artwork. It wouldn't work very well because it's an audio. It was podcast. so important
1: back then, though. That's why it I was, don't understand yeah. why they didn't invest a little more time. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> I get that, like, the theme of the album is such that a movie thing, it just seems like uh. it could have had a little more effort into it. But I'm with you. Uh, you guys want to jump into track by track stuff? Let's do it. Okay, so we will start with not action because we're not going to actually do the first track because it's just the talk thing I completely that completely up that this is like a movie. We're not really going to do that track, so we're going to pretend track one is really track two, which is called Making Love to the Camera. Here we go. Will
3: there be a
1: Chris, let's go to you first. Ah, uh, man. I mean, it, it's like very, very um, quintessential pop punk to like coming with the soft and then bringing the hard, but I mean, they just did it really well. I really, really, really enjoy this song. It's very good.
0: I assume Kyle's first note is going to be that he likes the intro of this song. Which... <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah, the the intro, uh I love the chorus, but it's a perfect intro track. And I also love um Call Me Crazy, but it feels like like it's a call and response to himself, like the way that he's singing, mm-hmm. and I love that. Yeah. So Yeah, there's a big uh, even though he's still really young
0: at this point, like there's a um there's obviously like a I don't want to call it lyrical maturity because there's still some stuff that's like a little bit it sounds like a 19-year-old, but Certainly a jump from the first album to this one and I feel like he just does not like being in a popular band. Is that uh, (laughs) am I the only one that gets that vibe from it? Or at least the parts at least the parts that are weird about being in a popular band. Like people wanted to take pictures with you and have your autograph and, you know, groupies and some of that stuff. You literally said the name of
1: a song that comes later literally. I think I
0: said an exact lyric of a song later. So um it's weird because i that's i feel like there are people in bands that have that kind of thing they just want to write songs and be but i've never heard it come out so much in the lyrics of a whole album
2: so one of the things that i did that i did read and i don't have it pulled up right now to reference exactly but um he he has spoken a lot about how um in particular this stuff is directed at the label. Like we've talked a lot about goodbye songs to a label. Like a lot of this is it's not necessarily even fans, but like, I don't know if anybody remembers, but when you, when we first met this kid, he had like bleach straight hair and like, they were having him bleach and straighten his hair to look a certain way. Like the label was having him do that. And so I think a lot of it is, is addressing that, but he is definitely pissed off at Geffen and uh, I had I had the privilege of I I saw the starting line play last year. They played in Dallas, and I, I got wish to, I would have gone. With oh, you, man. dude, I I wish that too. It was it was incredible. They were great, but like he would talk in between songs, and he just said that as much as people love this record, it just was not a fun time for them. Like they they. They wanted them to be something that they weren't. They were constantly being told be like blink, be like Newfound Glory. And like mm-hmm. Howard Benson even said like he, he told this funny story about Howard Benson just didn't get them. And so he just let them record the songs how they wanted to. Like, yeah, I don't I don't really get it. You guys do your thing. Uh. <laughs> so it you we've talked about this several times already, but
0: it does seem like so often these songs or in, in this case an entire album comes out of like this just like oh to a label or manager or whatever it is that's driving it and it's like sometimes it turns out great enough that you're like maybe they're doing it on purpose but i don't think obviously in this case they weren't and in most cases there aren't they're just they don't see they can't see that for what's going on right there at the time and don't appreciate it and it happens time after time where they get dropped even though they just made maybe their best album or something so and yeah, these guys make 3 albums on 3 different labels so obviously that was uh and it was, was it was their best
2: selling album too it was or wasn't? It was or was it? It was. It was. Do you know how many I it
0: sold? So. I, I could never find it. It sold
2: forty seven thousand in the first week. I know that. And 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 compared Ugh. to say it like you mean it, eleven thousand in the first week. So considerably yeah, it definitely did well stronger. in the first week, but yeah. Um You know what? Maybe I shouldn't say that. That we're gonna get corrected on that. It it sold better in okay. the first in the <laughs> first seven, week. I know that much. I don't know.
0: I couldn't find the total numbers. I found the total numbers for uh, the first album. Uh, It was like 300,000, but uh, I didn't find them for this one.
2: Maybe it didn't sell 300,000. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to find out. We'll, we'll never we'll know. To that up. There's no way to know. <laughs> there's no way, there's, to know. No
1: way of, there's no way. of ever uh Someone has a billboard subscription
0: that. if you could uh, <laughs> send us that note. Okay, let's go to Inspired by the Dollar Signs, which is how you pronounce it because that's what the lyric says.
1: Yep.
4: Get to the point, get in
0: My first question for you is: Does he uh, does he play the bass the whole time he sings on these shows? Because he has some like bass lines that I'm like they're pretty hard to sing along to. That he
2: does. That's my I mean, dude, that's my note the the walking bass line, and he plays mm-hmm. it live and sings it, and it's insane. I mean, he I I myself uh, attempted to sing and play the bass at the same time, and I <laughs> and like. I definitely phoned it in in comparison. Like I was just, I was just playing straight, you know, like this dude is all over this album. He's, he's, he's rocking. Yeah. Chris thoughts.
1: Well, uh, do you guys remember a band from this time called the Icarus line?
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Them. And, um, even the vines, like, I feel like they're kind of like pulling some spirit out of those bands. Like, I, I don't know, okay. So all I'll say is that when I'm I'm listening to this album for the first time and I'm really trying to like absorb the greatness that Jason Tate is talking about. And then when I heard this song, I was like, okay, these guys are kinda like going out on an edge here. I kinda liked it. Um so I I I really respect the musical um challenge and the arrangement that they went for here. It was really, really cool.
0: Yeah, I feel like two tracks in, we already have way more dynamics than their first. Oh album yeah, had. absolutely, you know I mean? definitely. Yeah, and yep. I like their first album too. It's it's well, good. And but that's it what is you have to do on punk. a
1: second track when you're a pop punk band is is kind of like bring the old school stuff on the first track to bring the old audience in, and on the second track say, "Hey, we're going to do some interesting kind of things here, and we want to kind of introduce you to those." Here you go. Uh
2: yeah, should. Kyle, did you talk about this yet? No. I mean, I I I, I I said I liked it. I I I love it. It's great. Walking bass
0: line. It is. Uh that little guitar part that we just ended on is also fantastic. Um, the little breakdown. I like it. Um okay, we're gonna talk about this one for a while, I'm sure. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's just get right to it. Let's go to bedroom talk. <laughs> Chris is already snickering. Uh, who's going who's gonna to go? Kyle, give us... You, you play the role
2: of the defense. Okay, so, so here's the... And, and honestly, like, even before you assigned me that, I, I was willing to take that on. So I feel like anybody listening to this that, that knows the three of us, am I wrong in thinking that maybe, like, they would assume that I also would be offended and maybe, like, scared of this song? You think?
3: No, no. I don't
2: know that anyone would. I, it's not even. A, well, you go ahead. I will. I, I will was. Give mine. I was not. I was not turned off by the song. I was turned on by the song, guys. Oh gosh. And, um, that and, bumps me out. And <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I think what it was is it's just such. I mean, absolutely, it's it's filthy what he's saying. Um, but it's so poppy and catchy. That no, the song is great. <laughs> the, Don't get me wrong. That's the yeah. whole problem. So here's, Kyle. here's my here's my note. I said <laughs> Kenneth Robert Vasoli became a man <laughs> on this song, oh, and in and more like ways than one. and like I'm not condo- I'm not condoning what he's saying because it's it it is like every time he says it, it's like whoa, like he's, he's, Oh, he's going to sing it again. Okay. All right. Yeah. The words it's aren't going to change the chorus. Yeah. Okay. It's going to keep going. And, and so like, I don't, I can't really defend what he's saying, but like it didn't, it, it never like turned me off to the song. I was like, yeah, this is a good song. Uh, Chris, how about
1: you? Don't, no, what, don't I think we feel me, a lot dude. the same that's about complete, this. I think we talked no, about that's this. No, back back Okay, the I'll, do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. So, dude, that I Kyle, think we... uh, Kyle, no, no, that this song is horse, <laughs> like it's a crap sandwich, like it sounds like a twelve-year-old trying to explain sex to a sixteen-year-old. What the crap, man? He was pretty young. Okay. No, okay, explain so... yourself. He's twenty. He. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good and and what bums me out is that the song musically like you said is super pop punk and great and melodically it's awesome and that's what bummed me out the most is like when i was listening to it, i was like this is such a good song but why is he saying those horrible things and i'm not I, i'm not saying like from a religious standpoint or from anything i'm just saying that like why would you say that those cho- words together. Why chose- would you string those words together unless you were just trying to be a d-
2: he, That's all I'm saying. He, I will say we're this. Gonna- he, chose, <sighs> he chose two words. You're defending in partic- him. No, he chose two words in particular that you should not <laughs> sing together because no. they sound... There's going to be so many bleeps on this yeah, one. Just they, saying. They- <laughs> you shouldn't... <laughs> you shouldn't tear someone's a-
1: <laughs> and that's what i'm saying like it was it, it's like this awful thing and i'm okay
2: not so
0: i think we probably i think uh, we talked about this back to in 2005. together yeah i think no, we, we did, did chris and we stopped and,
1: listening to this record and we burned yeah. it and threw it away
0: <laughs> it wasn't that bad okay here's here i i can tell you what i thought at the time it wasn't that i was offended is that it sounded like to me he was trying to write this like it sounded like he was trying to be a badass or something. Yes, that's and what it I'm didn't. Saying. Yes. And it wasn't like it's like I don't mind a song about sex. It's not. That's not the problem. the The problem for me was like it sounded like he was trying to be like I'm gonna write a song about you know, and it just it didn't work for me. And it's only it's literally only that first line of the chorus that my problem with the rest of it is kind of clumsy. Maybe I would say like I mean my li- <laughs> my, my my note on the arms that's being the fire note. hose. I'm it's, like, is there water coming like, out of your?
1: What is happening? I like sex, but yeah. do I? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I, like, I do understand where he was coming from on this stuff. Ew, like, I get, Blake! But, like, what? No, no, no. I, <laughs> I've said too many things. But I mean, okay. I, the, I understand the background of the song is that he was... In he's a young guy in this band, and he had like, he flower. I don't know if it was when he wrote this song before or after, but it, this is clearly about having not ever had sex before and and having sex. Uh, so it's I get that, like, but that might meet not be the right time to write this. But
2: song. But, but also okay, be my note. It's exact. It is exactly what you guys are saying, though. The song is yeah. about him talking about something that he has no experience right. in, and like yeah. trying to sound I like know. he does. Yeah. He's like, well, I also enjoy and going sex, back and forth on guys. what it's
0: gonna mean to him. Like, yeah, I, which I I appreciate that part of the song. I like that he's like trying to make it mean a lot, and then like the girl's not really; it's just a one night thing for her, and then maybe it's a one night thing for him. And it, he's having that legitimate dialogue in his head, and some of that's good. Like, I think that idea of a song would be great. Like, like the, there's a nugget there that I'm like, oh, that's like that could be a really good thing to have a song about. He, I think. Detrimental to the success of this album, that first line, I I guarantee it unsold records.
2: I mean, for I, can't, them, I I can't disagree with you guys, but they they went for it. It's their first single. No, they did,
1: yeah. And and no, also no no no, yeah. no that's that's all it is, Kyle. They went for it. Poor execution. They failed. <laughs> it didn't work, guys. Can but it I, is a good it.
0: song. It is a good song. I just don't like that. Lead. I, That's really what it boils yeah. down to. Okay. I,
1: I can see the producer. I can see Timmy O'Hare or Timothy, O'Hare, however we want to Timothy. pronounce it, looking Are at each sure? other being like, this could work. Like, let's put it on a, a compact disc and people will p- play it in their cars and everything will be cool. And then them realizing all of a sudden it didn't work. That's all I'm saying is that like at that time you had to kind of just put it out there like you couldn't put feelers out like you can now. And uh, now they blew it bad choice in hindsight yeah. hindsight 2020 hey, yeah we have the we have the advantage of the hindsight but the hindsight true. although is, at the time it made me right not
2: buy part. the album which is
1: no yeah. at the time
2: Guys, so we've hate le- them. we we can yeah we can learn from their mistakes but i do have a question for both of you yes um, please i would like to know what could we do <laughs> with that one particular <laughs> phrase that would that would improve the song. Like, I've I have thought about this, and I
0: can't. That's a great find, question. I can't find a thing that just so obviously fits in there and still works. But I mean, be a, just
2: some subtlety wouldn't
0: kill you. You know what I mean? Like every other great song about sex is like subtle, for the most
2: part. I mean, not. Let's Get It On is one songs. of the best songs about sex, and it is not subtle. No, no, no. That one's not. They're, I'm not saying <laughs> they're, they're hey, all hey, subtle. Hey,
0: hey, 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 hey. But it's respect but respect is and
2: <laughs> no one knows it. And it's super subtle. Right. So what about, I totally want to do you like we just got married. No, and that doesn't all work either. Now.
1: No, the married part is the part that creeps me out, man. Yeah.
2: The, it. Well,
0: it's all, I can't think of a better way to do the lyric. No, it's I, all I,
1: terrible, but that's the worst part of the terribleness. That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> no, I think the first, part I think is worse, I, yeah. I, I'm with Kyle.
1: It's all terrible.
0: Kyle, that's not wooing anyone. Kenny. No one, and I get he was using as an expression, just not the right expression. And like I said, I love this band, I am not dogging this yeah. band, I'm not dogging no, Kenny. It, I love his songs, I love this band. I love no,
1: right? He's we're very gonna, unique. And talk, I can hear,
0: yeah,
3: yeah.
1: we're going to talk more about all the amazing songs on this record. Yeah, yeah, and even if this song was at the end of the record, maybe I would have forgiven him a little bit, but, but man. I, I feel no. like this song blew their whole career. I really do. Chris, are you
2: are you going as far as to call the... Are you, is this a crap sandwich to you? He said it earlier. Yeah. No,
1: no, no, no. It, it's you not. You did say crap It's sandwich a great song.
2: song.
0: Yeah, okay. But oh, you just... Maybe lyrically, it's a crap sandwich.
1: No, no. Right, right. But that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's fine. Sorry. Uh, that's so an asterisk. Musically, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think musically, it's a great song. And that's what bums me out, is that I couldn't write a song this great but if I put a pen to paper and wrote those lyrics down and showed them to you, Blake, you would have been like, "Oh yeah, I would what are really. you smoking? Can you imagine? Can you imagine a world where I showed you those lyrics and you said anything other than what no, are you smoking, Chris Monnier?
0: Yeah, you're right. I would have. I would have absolutely. I mean, and
1: yeah. that's what bums me out. That's what bumps me I would out. Have had Is a that no- you're one. Is like I would have come to your house at ten o'clock at night, and be like, I got a good idea for a song. It's a little edgy. What do you think? And you would have said, I think it's a bad idea, bud.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's absolutely fair, I, and I think
2: uh, I can't disagree with that. Yeah,
1: Kyle, if I, I came I, to your house after Blake's house, knocked on your door. I mean, I I have I, an idea. Listen, you
2: you you are you are right. Like if you had. If you had presented me with the same lyrics i would i would not you lived, have lived
1: you lived maybe ten minutes from my house. I could have been there very quickly i I wouldn't have signed off on it but but uh
2: but man i in and, and maybe I was more shocked then, but I love the song,
0: so yeah, and yeah shocked it's not like yeah it's i mean I've heard you know i mean, I think I listened to certainly worse like. More vulgar, vulgar lyrics at this point. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean you were you into know, every every hip hop album I've ever listened to had worse stuff than that line, probably on it. Every Dr. Dre album or anything, like for sure. But like, there's some, there was just something different about this. It being like an 18 year old kid wow. with that line. Yeah, huh. I, so, think, anyway.
1: I think I think that's part of the problem is we all knew he was a little young man, and that bummed us out more. Which,
0: I think that's probably what it was. Would, okay, would, let's go to any other last thoughts on Bedroom
1: Talk. <laughs> okay. the entire was no, the rest of the, song. the songs are great. I'm excited to talk about them. He, the he was
2: describing a young man. I was just going to say with with bleached, <laughs> straightened hair. Yeah. Did the curtains match the drapes? I had to do it. I'm
0: sorry. Okay, here we go. Uh, uh, surprise, <laughs> surprise! Surprise, surprise. I didn't know you were gonna have notes about bridges and intros, but I had to do that bridge. I just really oh, liked dude, it
2: you for the clip. That clip was great, man. Good job. I try. It's hard. Yeah. I
0: really like this song a lot. It was hard to find a uh, a part of it to do, honestly.
2: So, I mean, the 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 musical lead in the bare verse, building up to the chorus, and like even I know that he's super young, but. I, the the lyrics, man, like he's he's going after it on this one. I'll be your friend in hell. Until then, I despise you. That's <laughs> a great. That's a great emo line. Um, We're gonna have a award ceremony for
0: the best emo lines uh, that we ever do on this show, and that's one of them and, for sure. And
2: I love I love the I love the foreshadowing shadowing the lead in the your actions have consequences, and these are them. And then he's like, "Boom! I'll be your friend in hell. Until then, I despise you."
0: I love the like mutual negativity. I think is it the second verse or whatever. Where the uh, you know it's he's clearly feeding off writing these songs off this like girl right. that's not treating him right, and she's kind of feeding off the at least in this version, in his version of the story, she's feeding off the like, hey, this guy writes these songs about yep. me. It's like they're both. It's like this mutual negative. Uh, I don't know. It just, it's just such an interesting, and he wrote it really well. It's a great kind of self-aware yeah. thing that like he's getting these songs out of it and he's writing about writing those songs and, she, and writing about her going like oh my god I dated this guy Ken he writes these terrible <laughs> songs about me or whatever I love that line I think it's, it's so it is awesome um, it's great yeah did a good job well, Chris and, uh,
1: thoughts so so what I would say is as somebody who tried to write good songs and failed at it miserably <laughs> like the arrangement on this song is amazing mm-hmm. like it is really, really hard to write a song uh, with either a verse or a chorus that kind of has uh, like a huge din- dynamic. And like the intro to the song, and then the verse, and then the chorus, and then the bridge, and then how it outros back into the intro. Like the arrangement of the song is really, really cool and really, really mature. Like uh, it, I, this song ends up on. A lot of my playlists all the time because it's a very very well-written song um, very mature and not at all like the uh song preceding it
0: it's great and there's one weird thing that this like at this point the album i start realizing as i listen to it back then and now and he i don't know if this is on purpose i don't know if it's a big screw you to the label he just will not repeat a hook on this album, <laughs> yep. like won't
1: do right. it. He, but but he, every like, but every little piece of of a no, song that he puts great. together is all great. That's but it's I think almost that's like what, a big fu to the label. Like, hey, I can write hooks for days, but I'm only going to do it once.
0: But it like it bothers me because like I love a good hook. Like mm-hmm. I've got no problem yeah. with a good hook and a pop song and stuff like that. And I just want to say, but that you guys line know what again. I'm talking about. Absolutely. You know no, every, about,
1: like the intro, yeah. it, it, it it's a great intro, and it doesn't every repeat melody. throughout the song. The hook, the guitar hook, nothing. It, and every melody it is great. Yeah,
0: every melody is great on this album, and he rarely repeats it like you would on a normal chorus. He just doesn't do it, yep. and I don't know. And Bedroom Talk is really the only one he does, and um, <laughs> that's the reason it's the only single on the album. I think they had to release that as a single because literally you you couldn't have released another. I don't know if there's the world. I think was. Probably supposed to be another single, but the first one didn't play well enough that they didn't release it. I think that's why they had Benson do those two songs. Mm. But um that's the closest thing to another single on it because it's they just he won't repeat the hook. And that might just be his style. But I do sometimes I want to be like, Come on, man, if you just would have repeated that hook,
2: do you might have gotten more than three albums out of you? Would would it be fair to say that um that that Kenny didn't tear surprise surprise up like he just got married?
3: I have no
0: response uh, to that <laughs> No No But really This is a This is one of the One of the best songs On the album I think I think he Like lyrically I love it Mel- Melodically The bridge The intro the Outro All that's great Oh the bridge Don't have anything is so Negative to say about it Yeah Jimmy world it's very quality. Good.
1: It's good stuff
0: Uh, Yeah Well speaking of Let's go ahead And go to photography And talk about that A little bit Here you go Photography
4: The sunlight's over
0: I feel like I remember at the time in 2005 hearing that like they wanted to make kind of their clarity and mm-hmm. I might've made that up, but like this song is such a clear, that's what they want to do. Not in a bad way, not in a rip off way, just literally in like a, I want to write an album that has dynamics and the, I mean the string, I want to hear what the demo of this song sounded like to know, Like, where did this arrangement come? Where did the strings come from? It's so good,
1: and it's like a six-minute song. That's a brave, brave thing to do on a pop punk album, and it's all beautiful.
2: Yeah, it's really good. I I said that this song this song should have been called Surprise Surprise because (laughs) I I I wasn't I wasn't expecting it at the time, but I freaking loved it right away. You know, Mm -hmm. and then and then like I'm, I mean. There's no reason for me to wait to the end to tell you guys. I love this album. I love every song on it. It's one of my all-time favorite albums, but like, and so I'm I'm I'll admit my bias. But the freaking the the guitar, the power slides at the end of the song into the the big built or the big end is like Amazing! It's the they are the best power slides, dude. Like just and these and these aren't like let's just throw some strings
0: doing the whole notes. I mean, they this is like a like honest to god string arrangement. It yeah. is awesome. Like yep. it, they're like all over the place when those guitars come in. They're doing this high thing and that kind of um, chromatic thing they're doing at the end where they're rising up. I mean, it's so good. I just I would love to know. I would have loved to watch this song like evolve. Like, would it start on acoustic guitar and it turned into this giant thing or did he did they always know it was going to be this massive so right it's very good song I like it Uh, any other thoughts on photography
2: I feel like just you know to tie things together we should we should mention that it's a good mixtape jam
0: oh yes that is very true yes it is a good mixtape jam because rarely it's definitely a certain kind of mixtape it's a lady Mm mixtape because otherwise you're not getting the (laughs) You're not putting a six-minute song on the mixtape you're giving your bud, or yep. that you're popping for a road trip or something like that. That's like, this is for a lady friend.
2: And also, I like, like it. it's pretty rare that you get to put throw something on a mixtape that you know that end is coming, and you're gonna freaking air drum on the steering wheel so hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, even though it starts and it's not, you would not guess that from that acoustic guitar um, at the beginning of this. Yep. Uh, okay, so, by the way, this is another one of those weird things where I've never said this title of this next song out loud. Is it Autography? Is this, is this even a real word? Autography? 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 autography. That's it's got to be Autography, so, right? Sorry. Autography? When,
1: when, yeah, when I read it or looked at it on my phone, it was Autography. Mm-hmm. All right, well,
0: it's one of the two of them, and that's the song we're going to listen to
1: Actually, now. you know what? I'm not going to lie. I think I read it as Autobiography.
0: Oh, well, yeah, you probably read it wrong then. Yeah. Anyway, it's not that. So here we go photography or autography, one of the two. Thoughts? uh Whoever wants to go first, Kyle.
2: Um, it's freaking punk rock. Uh, it was perfect timing. It was time for for an upbeat song. It was time for a mm-hmm. punk rock song. And like, I think that if there's any record on the album that sounds a little bit, you know, like say it like you mean it. This is probably mm-hmm. this could fit in on say it like you mean it. And I think it was, I think it was good timing to follow up. Uh, f- photography with this, and and it's a great song. And and again. The bridge, man, it's insane.
0: I probably should have done the bridge. I couldn't do all bridges for uh, all the clips. But uh, hey, we suggest if you're listening, you could just like either pause the podcast and listen to these songs or you could just listen to the whole album, honestly, before we yap about it because uh, this one's definitely worth listening to all the way through, um, for sure. Chris,
1: your thoughts on- That makes me very, very, very mad. In what way? Because he's like, it's like an F you to his fans. Well, see, I, I I
0: get some of that, but I think it's more about the label. It is about the label. It's clear I now I, the part about like having to take pictures with people and stuff like that. I think his specific problem this is me not knowing him at all. He seems to not like the girls that want to hang around bands, not because they're fans of the music, but because they just want to hang around with guys in bands and take pictures and be one night saying kind of stuff or floozies or whatever I that seems to be his problem but it does come across as not liking being in a band and hanging out with your fans I'm
2: laughing Am at I you, the, Is that fair? I, I'm laughing at you saying floozies Blake well I'm sorry you know but you know what I
0: mean there's like there was there were you go to a concert and you know the difference between the people that like love the music and the people that are there to like play that one song because I think he mentions that in this uh, um In this song, right? It says,
1: it says the kids are yelling, play the song that I heard that once.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. Those are the people that aren't really fans. I know, but
1: like, but I know
0: I I would never say that to fans that are at my show. No,
1: no, I'm not. I'm not even talking about just saying that to fans. I'm talking about the fact that like you make great music. Like some people are going to like it, you know, a little bit on the nose and some people are going to like it at a really deep level but they're all coming to your show to have a good night and enjoy themselves. And as somebody who's like working a nine to five job, like in yeah, their 40 years for old, like yeah. I just, I just want him to like, seriously just shut up. That's all <laughs> I'm saying.
0: I get that. That makes sense. And I I feel you on that. I think that it, maybe not all the tact is there, but I do understand who he's specifically talking about. Cause I'm sure there's, it's like the free bird people.
1: So you think I kind of misunderstood like who he's specifically speaking to
2: the, the only reason that I think that Chris, because I, I understand what you're saying, but like in the, in the little research that I did today, uh, admittedly, I, I read a bunch of stuff that I thought he was talking about. He was singing about fans or females and he was singing about, uh, the record label, like, and, okay. and a lot of it's similar. So like on, let's see. Fair enough. Um, there's another song where he says, just stay the same way. Do it like you did it before. Remain the same shape. And he's not singing to fans. I always thought that he was. He's actually, like he straight up said that was to the label. And you know, the they played at the Green Door uh, when the
0: first album was out. Yep. And so, I mean, he was 16 or something at the time. Right. Maybe 17 or something tops. And... I remember being outside cause we were flyer for another show and he was out of there <laughs> and he was, uh, just super awkward around anyone that wanted to talk to him. So, I mean, I think yeah. he just was not comfortable with that part of being in a band of like going outside and or being at the merch table and talking to people. And so this is like, they were very popular. I mean, they sold out the green door. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, it was yeah, after, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no,
1: these guys were huge. Um, but all you, the, know, you all could all just, those drive t- through bands were huge at that time.
0: I kind of wanted to be like, dude, it's all right, just go. You know, like they just want to talk to you. Like it's, you know, it, it wasn't like he wasn't being rude or anything. I'm not trying to give that impression. It was like he like was nervous about it, or it was like he was uncomfortable. It wasn't like he was being mean or rude or too good for it or anything like that. But I almost yeah. wanted to give him a pep talk. I remember being like, <laughs> I want to be like, dude, it's fine. Just like go talk to them. And, like they probably just want to talk to you. They're probably very intimidated by you because you just got off stage and like, you know. They paid money to see you, and they—they're probably intimidated. You know, he seemed more intimidated of those like kids that were outside than right. Like, he was a kid too,
2: you know. I get it. So I've heard multiple people use the word awkward to describe him at, like live and in person. And so I never, I never got to see Starting Line back then. I never got to see him when they were when they were uh, you know on top of it. But uh, but I just saw him last year, and he could not have been more. Chill and cool and having a good time, but like obviously, now there's not you know, no pressure.
1: So, and he's older and and more
2: mature, I'm sure. I mean, so maybe you guys are
1: maybe what you guys are saying is that like it was just a little too much too soon for him. I
0: think so. I mean, you to be 15 and be on MTV2, I think would be I would not have handled that well when I was 15.
2: Not to mention, they were so big, uh, not they were not just on MTV2, they were co headlining. A tour with fallout Boy. I mean, yeah, that's that is pretty. That's not nothing,
1: right? Uh, so, okay, so sorry. I I, d- I don't want to belabor this point, but all I'm saying is, to feel those feelings is one thing, but to put the pen to paper and to say what he said in this song just kind of bummed me out a little. That's but there I'm you saying.
0: go, maturity. That's maturity. Yeah. You would know. You would oh, go. Okay, uh, okay, let me okay. Step back and not say that.
1: Okay. Do you okay, think that's the difference?
0: Enough. All right, let's go to artistic license. Speaking of, he had the artistic license to do what he wanted, Chris. Let him be. All right, here we go. I can promise you, I don't actually know this, but i it's got to be true that that dude got a DL-4 pedal, you know, the old <laughs> green line six stomp box, and was like, we're putting it on this record because we all did that in 2004. Every one of us got that DL-4. We all had that <laughs> delay pedal. It was awesome. Uh, and now no one has that delay pedal on their board because they broke all the time. But uh, Chris, thoughts on Artistic uh, License?
1: Gorgeous song. Mm. Power Ballad of the album and musically just so strong uh it's a great song like and for all the crap i talk on the other songs and you know like i've kind of been kind of a jerk about it but when when every time i listen to the song i'm always like just like i can see him in the studio playing it and feeling it and um i'm like i kind of feel this like pride feeling like oh hey guys you're growing up this is a great song um it's it's beautiful love it
0: Again, like you've mentioned earlier, Chris, a lot of really good melodies that he just won't repeat. But I mean, like every melody is yep. on this on this song is great, and he's got this character to his voice that, like, I don't think I really heard on the first album. Yep. Uh, and then it mm. comes out on this one, and then by the time, you know, they come out with what, is it Direction? Is that the next album? Like, yep, yeah. Uh, and then they don't come out with anything till that uh, EP that they came out with in like two thousand. What year is the anyways?
2: Uh, EP. maybe sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, two thousand
0: sixteen. Well, I was at the van store and that song came on, and I was like, "This is the starting line." I was like, "But I've not mm-hmm. heard this song." Like, yeah. what? And I immediately like Shazam it or whatever, look it up, and I, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" They came out with the EP. But it was like I heard his voice and just, which is weird. I never thought of his voice as being super unique. It didn't like hit me like, I don't know, a lot of other voices. But it really is, and he's and he's not. I feel like he's i feel like he's just he's singing the way he's supposed to sing it's not like he's straining on purpose or screaming it's just like he's got this raw kind of thing um that I really like and it really comes out on this song Kyle what are your thoughts on artistic license
2: I said the gravelly voice I'm into yeah, it see? um yeah and and like okay so anything that you would have expected from this band before like what about them would make you there's a there's a musical bridge like just an instrumental bridge on this song like yep. how how does that work how do you how do you decide like oh yeah we're just going to do this like that doesn't make sense if i'm if i'm writing an essay about the starting line and what they should do and what they're good at like they do and it's amazing the musical bridge the instrumental bridge is insane the instrumental yeah. outro is insane it is a it is a perfect song. And like the, even that slight, the, the buildup to the instrumental bridge, like the, I don't know if it's like breaths or the, uh, sandpaper. I can't tell. Yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's those sandpaper block, but I think you might be dude, right. like it is, it, I did. I didn't expect them to do it. I would have never asked them to do it, but they did it, and it was perfect.
0: Like, see, I always yep. do an instrumental bridge because I can't come up with any more lyrics <laughs> and melodies. So <laughs> it's that, not. But, it's not a creativity but, thing. It's like oh, I just don't have anything for this.
1: But Kyle, that's what weirds me out about this whole record as a as an older man is that like I, I'm I'm 100 in um in there with Blake when I heard that song that we all talked about bumming us out and i completely got turned off to the record now as an older gentleman listening to this song i'm like this was a beautiful piece of music that they wrote it's a shame (laughs) that i didn't give it a chance back in the day yeah
0: i really hate that i didn't listen to this in 2005 it was besmirched right
1: like did you did you even like remember this song back then no you didn't even give it a chance did you
0: well, I, didn't, I literally did not listen to this album when it that's came out. That's what I'm out. saying. I didn't to, so, yeah. yeah, that's what sucks. And I wish I would have. I got a lot of albums like that where I'm like, man, I really wish I would have liked this in the moment. Because I would have liked to see them on this tour. It probably would have been fun. Um, let's go to Stay Where I Can See You.
4: Stay where I can see you.
0: This is a great song. Yep. Uh, Yep. I love the like, like you can tell he's strumming that acoustic in the choruses as hard as he would an electric guitar through a Marshall half stack. And I just love that (laughs) in the background. It sounds so good. It makes me so happy. (laughs) Yeah. It's really good. Uh, It's like, uh, have you ever uh, seen when, when Weezer was doing um, the, is it Ratitude that has, if you want me to, I want you to, or whatever song. And, and Pat plays guitar on it and someone else plays drums and he's just like strumming the crap out of that thing. That's what I picture the whole time is like Pat from Weezer, the drummer playing acoustic guitar in the background of this song. It's a really weird thing, but that's where I'm at. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on uh, stay where I can see you?
2: I mean the line, the snare sound, the, the poppy chorus and the vocal after the bridge, like it, this is to me like, it's a great song but i also feel like on this album they found themselves and they're like showing off you know what i mean like hey i can't i I can't just i'm not just good at this this and this i'm also gonna write just this great poppy song and throw that on here too and and like the the other thing that i get from that is that they're doing what they want and i i dig that too you know what i mean so
0: i'm with you on that uh i uh, on an album full of good bridges. Uh, I think this one might be my favorite bridge. Oh, wow. It's very good. Yeah. It's a really good bridge.
3: Bold, 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 bold statement. statement.
0: Uh, Chris, do you have any thoughts on stay where I can see you?
1: Uh, I just think it's the, it, it, to me, it's a perfect bridge between their previous album and this album. It's uh super poppy, but also very mature. Um, that's a nice way to put one, it. And, uh, yeah. A great song on the record. It's a
0: good way to put it. Uh, let's go to the B list.
4: You call. She walks on record bits all the time in my eyes Others will scoff at her clothes coming up They will talk, let them talk Because you're giving them just what they want
0: Kyle, thoughts on the B-list?
2: I mean... I, we knew I was going to say it, but the bridge and wait, it is also wait a fantastic for it, bridge. screaming, wait for it and then going into it. I mean, also, I feel like um, the last song also I, I didn't mention, but both of these, like, I really feel like towards the end of this album, he's just getting into his groove uh, lyrically. And I don't yeah. I, I'd love to know. I'd love to know the order that they wrote these songs in, because I think that the order that the album in is what they put the album in is perfect. but. It oh. also feels like he just—I mean—he just caught his stride. I mean, he's—he's he's writing great lyrics. I, I love—I right. love the lyrics to this song. So,
0: yeah, I think—I mean, every every day counts when you're like 18 and writing an album. I guess <laughs> you know what I mean, as far as maturity and being able to write better yeah. lyrics. And uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, and you're right. It is also—I mean—it's right there as far as favorite bridge. Um, well, with the other one. You think? I say.
2: You think of like—I mean, music. Music has always been a way to to uh, express something about, like, peop- the people that we love or, in particular, romantic relationships. And, like, there's just o- only so many ways you can say, I really like you a lot. And mm-hmm. um, she walks on red carpets all the time, In my mind is just... It's that, really good. That's a good one. Does anyone
0: know though like is this uh did he date a Cinemax star or something like that? Like the lines about oh. taking off your clothes in front like, of the camera I was and stuff just like about that? I'm say, just curious. Like, I was
1: just about to say the sweetest thing about my wife and you ruined it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, I, 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 sorry. Yeah, no. You should be. So what I was going to say was like you know, I you know, I as much as this album bummed me out at the beginning part, like when I hear this song, it's a beautiful piece of music. And don't we all as gentlemen, like, or like uh, any women listening, like, don't we think about like that moment where maybe we'd be walking down the red carpet with our significant other. And that's true. Like, What a beautiful yeah. moment would that be? And And every time I hear him say that, like, the emotion in his voice and the melody of the guitars and the bass and the drums, like I, I, think of my wife and us like having this moment, walking down the red carpet and looking at each other, going, "Whoa, well, how do we get here?" Like it literally paints that picture in my mind every time I hear that song. Um, and I'm not trying to be like super sentimental. I'm literally saying that that that's how I feel when I hear this song. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. I'm sorry, so thanks that I a lot. It. Sorry, yeah, that I read no, it by bringing
0: Max. up the mentioning of the nudity in the song. Okay, that's all I was saying. Okay. <laughs> it talks about it i just wanted to know the story i just wanted to know i didn't remember who he who talked about, about that yeah uh, uh yeah that's i guess my note on it uh yeah same thing fantastic bridge uh shall we go to <laughs> the we'll go to the world which is the second uh howard benson produced track on the album
4: into formation and get some work 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 the job It's done, everyone's getting ready.
0: Again, a super obvious example of not wanting to write a pop song for a label <laughs> and writing a fantastic Dude. pop song for a label. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it happens. It's happened so many times on this podcast that we've talked about. And this is, a, you can clearly tell it's what it's about. He's literally throwing lyrics in there about Friday night and hook now and all this stuff. It's clearly just like, <laughs> I'm going to give them what they want with my tongue in my cheek uh-huh. planted firmly in there. And it's a great song. It's like. You, you almost have to think the labels know what they're doing but they clearly
2: didn't. Dude I I, I mean I, I had written that like at this point in the record and that song, I just feel like they're just showing off like we can do whatever. <laughs> we can do whatever we want and and we'll sing about whatever we want and and like if you just listen to that clip or haven't noticed that guitar line, you need to listen to the song again right now because it, it is, it's insane. The clip that you just played, like, yeah. I mean, they are showing off dude. Like it, it's
0: another that, one where I couldn't pick 30 seconds to, cause it's like, it's just a really good, it's such a good, uh, the whole song's great. So it's like, I can't, how am I supposed to pick 30 seconds of this, to put as a clip. So yeah, definitely also pause the podcast, go listen to the full song.
2: Also one of those that's like, Oh no, this isn't the hook. This is the verse. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just so good and like let's talk about you mentioned there it feels like they're showing
0: off this is track eight nine ten and eleven that we've just talked about and i think they're probably the four they're four of the best songs on the album and most people are kind of like what are we gonna fill (laughs) tracks eight through eleven with um and yeah they're they're ramping up kind of this whole time Uh, so chris what are your thoughts on on the world
1: Pop culture hybrid. Okay, have you guys seen the James Harden gif where like he does the eyes and like? Oh yeah, yep. off flies to the away. Up. Exactly. Okay, yep. so when I was a young younger dude, uh, we were at a, uh, a Texas Rangers game, and we were in the right field, and Daryl Strawberry was playing right field, and everybody was going Daryl, like they were just like taunting <laughs> him, right? And then uh, you know this pop uh, pop up comes out to him, and he runs, 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 dives. And catches it, and he looks at all of the people that were saying Daryl with that James Harden look like that. Yeah, this song is those two things together. <laughs> it's like, hey, look what I can do if I'm not even trying. It's not that great, but it's better than anything you'll ever dream of.
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. I think that's a good.
2: <laughs> thank you for thank you for painting a picture.
1: I, I, I really tried to did. paint a mind picture with my word word bubbles.
0: <laughs> Very good. Uh, let's go on to Ready.
4: try to get up I'm gonna get up all they wanted was a little bit of time for me to clear my head to clear my head'm coming all the time all they wanted was a little bit of time for me to try try to get up I'm gonna get up all they wanted was a
1: little bit of time for me to clear my head to clear
3: my
1: head Chris I mean just it just keeps getting better This record <laughs> keeps getting better and better and better and better. Such a great song, Jimmy World vibes. Love Very it. Very Clarity
0: vibes Beautiful. on it. In Clarity in vibes, right with their
1: own, yeah. but with their own spin. With with a starting yes. line spin, it's gorgeous. So yeah, love and it. that's why
0: part of the reason we did Clarity as the first episode on this is because I, I believe because we knew so many bands back then, and everyone loved that album. That there's just it just seeped into everyone's music that was created after it. And I think this is such a good example of they weren't ripping Jimmy World on off. No one nope. would say that. But clearly they, they listened to that album and said like, oh, we could, I'd like to do that. I'd like to be able to write a weird, uh, time signature with, you know, a triplet tambourine in the background and some interesting thing. And they also did their first album with Mark Trombino. So there's an actual connection there and stuff too. Um, anyway, yeah, it's a, this is a good example of someone that very clearly influenced by, uh, Jimmy World's Clarity album and doesn't rip it off, but does their own thing with it, and kind of becomes, you know, I think this album, as we'll talk about in a little bit, kind of uh, cements them as who they are. So
2: it's a good example. Uh, Kyle, what about Ready? Um, so, uh, Chris has mentioned a few times. I think we all have like that. He is, he's clearly angsty at at certain <laughs> points in this record, and and like whether that. Whether that's directed at fans or whether it's all directed at the label, we we're not sure, right? But right. on this song, when he's when the specific line let it be heard by those taking an interest, not for the critics holding their ears. Like yeah. I'm like, at this point in that record, I'm like, this is for me. You know what I mean? Like this this dude yeah. is like and and I never like honestly, I get completely the stuff you're talking about, Chris, like towards his fans. And I hope that it's not towards his fans because I always I think this line it, clearly shows that it's not, well, I I always perceived it as being towards the label. And so like, for me, yeah, I'm like, it probably was. this whole yeah. record, I feel like they're, they're ripping on the label. They're showing off what they can, what they can really do. It just, the, the album keeps getting better and better. And on this song, it's like, um, this one's for, for the people that, that care. And like, I dig it, man. It it is just, it's freaking awesome. The musical outro, the guitar parts on that one, it builds are just insane. Like I'm, and, and like when I listen to it in the same way, you guys are mentioning clarity, but in the same way that when I listen to clarity, I, it's like, it's not necessarily that I'm brought back to a certain time or place, but a feeling, you know what I mean? Mm This song yep. does that for me too. Every time it just puts me in that yep. feeling, that mindset. And um man, what a what a good song. And like how lucky are we that 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 uh we're alive to hear it, you know? It's a good one. Agreed. Let's go to cut, print it. Now, yeah, this is-
0: Clarity there at the end of the song, uh, slash third eye blinds jumper that snare reverb at the end. (laughs) Uh, Kenny was barely alive when that album came out, so I doubt that was actually the no, he was, he's like like a year younger than I am. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this was a weird one for me. It doesn't feel like it should be the last song, the album, it's clearly the lyrical last song on the album, and that's I think why they put it there. It's clear this is closure once and for all. Um, that's clearly what the, it was a lyrical thing. I don't think, cause really ready feels more like it should have been the last song. If I could just flip those two around, I probably would have, uh, on the album order when you were speaking about that earlier, Kyle, but, um, but it's, yeah, still good way to end the album. Chris, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I just don't really have an opinion on the song. It was a good, good album ender, but no effect on me.
2: Kyle? i completely agree with you blake like it's the one thing that i think is out of order and and i'm like yeah. i'm kind of bummed that it's like oh well we say closure in it so let's make it last because ready is yeah. so good and not only that but like for the lap for the last six songs we've been talking about how brilliant this album got and like how yeah. they just keep getting better and they're just pumping them out and i feel like they're like yeah but guys remember we wrote that song about closure we've got to put that <laughs> yeah. at the end and and yeah. it's a fine song like it's, it's a good st- song it, it's, yeah, a good, it just, it's a good song it's just like it it didn't deserve to take the last place from ready in my opinion
0: yeah yeah i'm with you it's, i think that yeah
1: do you ever you ever wonder if like they were just in a room with some record execs and they're like uh no just go ahead and flip those two and like <laughs> here we are like analyzing it and everything and or Damn, or or, or it was another last.
2: or it was another one of those fu moves that they like all fought for like they knew Ugh. it didn't deserve to be the last song but the label but the label wanted it or wanted it the other way and so they just fought for it like no we really want closure to be last we think that's I, that's what belongs
1: We there. like the way it's got close in the title.
2: Yeah. Uh
0: all right, so let's go to kind of the lasting impressions. Um, I think we probably all agree that this album holds up, right? I mean oh, we probably don't even have to discuss that since we've been talking about how good it is. Um I am upset that I didn't get a four year head start on listening to it. Um, but you know, you make mistakes sometimes. And uh and I should have definitely checked this album out in two thousand
1: five. Here's the thing, you don't make mistakes sorry you don't make mistakes if you listen to kyle simmons from the very get-go he's always (laughs) right right. now
0: and to be fair kyle did not tell me that i had to listen to this album in 2005 uh i don't know why why not i'm just saying i don't he didn't it's not like kyle did not like seek me out to say like hey you've got to go listen to this album like he did not proselytize about it
1: right like he did
2: later on why did
1: you not tell us you know
2: I don't know. Because, and that's what I meant earlier. That's what, just like, we knew it. <laughs> that's what I meant earlier when I said, I don't remember like talking to you guys about it. Like back then, you know what I mean? I remember yeah. talking to Blake. I remember, I think we listened to it that time in the van we on the did, way back in, like, the van. in its yeah. entirety. Um, but yeah. yeah, like, no, I, I, I don't know, but I, I mean, dude, I, I love it so much. And I think that, I think that it stands the test of time. And honestly with them, it just bums me out because you know, we just get one more full record from them. and I know. And it's like, yeah. what the heck? Like, why? Well,
0: I mean, I think that the labels have a lot to do with it. Like I said, three albums, three different labels. Yeah. Um, you get no consistency out of that. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just, that's too much hopping around. That's different people in charge of everything. I think clearly no one actually cared about this album at the label. I right. think that
3: yeah.
0: the only, look, I like, I don't know what happened. I'm I'm not the fly on the wall or something like that. I'm not saying I have any inside knowledge. It's clear to me that they had Howard Benson do the two things they thought could be singles because they didn't like something about whatever versions they had before. So I think they cared enough to want to sell some of these records. They knew this band could because they, they sold 300,000 copies of the last one. And the best of me was a big single and they knew this band could do that. But I think when they had a product, they didn't think had a, the best of me on the album I think they kind of said meh and they just kind of released it. And so it makes me sad because it is a really good album and it bums me out that, um, we only get one more full album from them, uh, because there's not, I, I don't know. And maybe that's all we would have gotten anyway. I don't know. Uh, maybe creatively that's, it ran its course. How often do you get, you know, even three albums from people, right? And- you go
2: since we lost Chris, <laughs> I mean I think that I I think that the three albums that we got are all great um too you know what I mean and, which is pretty rare like they they went 3 for 3 in my opinion um but yeah this one stands the test of time uh I I I listen to it all the time I'm so pumped and and like thankful that I got to see them live and really they played quite a bit of this album um and it it, it was just awesome like in they were having fun too. You know what I mean? It's like no pressure. The, the starting lines already solidified like their place in, right. In, yeah. uh, in this genre's history, you know? So, okay.
0: Well, while we're talking about that, then is it, is it their best album or your favorite? let's go to that for you, Kyle. I mean, you say you like all three, but like, if you have, if you got to pick one
2: at the top of the podium, this one, this one's my favorite. And, and, and like, I've got to be fair to, to direction like island is just an insane song like it is so good it is so catchy um and it's so different from anything that's on this but but like um and and also i love the song direction i love the title track but but um no man this one this one all the way through for me i love it it's it's not just my one of my favorite starting line albums it's it's one of my favorite albums of all time.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think I'd have to put this one as their best album, although Direction, I think, is really close for me, too, because I feel like they they were... It didn't seem like they had as much of the kind of F.U. attitude yep. towards the label or yep. whatever at that point. Maybe it's because it's a different label at that point, but it seemed like they were a little more comfortable in their skin, and this one, they were like trying to figure out who they were, and like once they figured it out, they were like, oh, well, this is who we are, and then they made Direction, so... I actually think those two are—it's oh, really close for me. Uh, those are both really good, and their first one's good too. It's just not, just not as good as the next two. There's some great pop songs. "The Best of Me" is one of my favorite songs. I oh mean, yeah, just hands down. It's a fantastic song, and I wouldn't uh, begrudge it at all. It's it's fantastic, and uh, I think it's one of the best pop punk songs that came out in the early 2000s.
2: Well, "The Best of Me." What's what's weird is I didn't realize that um, I didn't I didn't realize that. Um, Direction came out like only two years after this, and I, I, for whatever reason, I felt like it was like a lifetime between the two records.
0: Yeah, and so Direction for me because I didn't listen to this one in time. I unfortunately kind of wrote off the band, which is wrong of me. So I got into Direction after I got into this. So once you got me into uh, this album, I got into Direction, and man, they're both really good. Uh, Chris, what do you think as far as like? Uh, do you have a favorite of theirs as far as albums or what do you think is their best?
1: So if you would have asked me at the time, I would have said the previous album was much better. But this record to me was just so, so good. It was arranged so well. Lyrically, it was better. There's that one song that kind of bums me out. But besides that, I think... Um, it's a beautiful piece of music all together. Um, and I'm with Kyle. I wish at the time he would have grabbed me by the shoulders, shook me and told me, let's do it one more time, dude.
0: We <laughs> needed a talking to for sure. Um, cause it's not even like saves the day in reverie for me where I listened to it and didn't get it and didn't like it. And then it grew on me. It's like, I didn't listen to this album cause that track turned me off and I didn't listen to I didn't give it a chance and I should have that was uh not wise of me because like what is, is it that hard to listen to an album you know it's like what's I don't know uh that was very stubborn of me back in the day uh I I think it yeah I think that uh I just wonder what would have happened if they would have had a different single uh to push this album that's what or or even just that lyric change or whatever we've <laughs> fantasized about. I'm
2: using all the wrong words. Um <laughs> But you know, like, okay, so direction comes out two years later and they put and they put out Island and like just I don't wanna like jump ahead to another podcast, but I am curious, like, is there a stronger single that they could have put out than that? And like if that didn't do it, what would have? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but don't you think it's like but the it's about timing too. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, know what I mean? Definitely. It's a timing Yeah. Thing no, too. Uh,
1: we're, we're using severe hindsight bias here to like, look back and say, Oh, if they could have, they yeah. should have. Um, right. That's true. obviously it, it, me and Blake are, are very textbook examples of two people. And if you were to like maximize that across the entire race of humans at our age, that listened to that song and just got so bummed out that we just kind of stopped caring. Uh, yeah, I feel like you sold more records. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying.
0: Yeah. Um, let's talk about sort of our uh, picks for it. Desert Island songs, two or three of your favorites, Kyle, I know you're going to want to pick seven, but oh. you have to pick two or three. So three max. So Go, it's
2: a desert Island album for me, but I'll say if you make me choose, I'll say ready. Um. Artistic license for, for the musical bridge alone. And, um, this photography. Chris. I,
1: I inspired by the dollar sign. Is that, would, would that be the right way to say that? Yeah. yeah, That's what he says in the yeah. lyrics. So that's what, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that sounds so freaking cool, man. I love it so much. Um, it, it's, it's groovy and I love it. And, uh, surprise, surprise, That song ends up on so many playlists that I put together, even in my older age. Um, Those are my Desert Island picks for sure.
0: I think I'm going to go B-List, Stay Where I Can See You, and... Uh, It's really tough between Surprise, Surprise and Photography. I'd probably go Photography, though. Which, interesting note, though, that means that the only overlap on all three of us was Photography with me and Kyle. I think that shows it's a good album. Oh, yeah. If we can't even... Our Desert Island songs are that different. We almost always at least overlap on one or two with all three of us.
1: Have we had an album like this where we all kind of like... Well, Kyle... No, I don't think so. Well, well, sorry, sorry. you know what I'm trying to say. Like... That we're all like looking back on it and being like it was a a way better piece of music now that we look back on it than even we realize now. Kyle, I, I,
0: so far, yeah.
1: Kyle's always going to be like the amendment to the rule though, because he always sees things for what they are way before the rest of us. It's Just kind of, his ability. I agree. I
2: he's, I he's better at it. I didn't see dubstep coming. <laughs> Didn't
0: see that coming. Okay, what about Nobody's Perfect? What's is there a worse song on this album?
2: No. So uh, no, I no, I mean nobody's perfect is the placement of cut it, print it, or cut, yep. print it. That's but it's it. not the
0: song itself. No, the song is just the, just the song's placement. great. It's the placement. And I mean, it's if, if you know, honestly, it's just that lyric in bedroom talk for me. I mean, that's it. I mean, like the rest of this is you change that somehow, and I'd call this and it really probably is still a perfect album it's great i mean there's not a bad there's not a bad 30 seconds on this other than that one lyric i don't like <laughs> so uh chris what do you think yeah, is it just that, that kind will, of print I'm with okay. you, buddy Cut printed. I do love that they made an album, by the way. I mean, we didn't really talk about that, how it, like the whole movie theme and starting with action, ending with cut printed. I mean, I like that they had a plan for an album. You know I'm a big fan of albums and not just collection of good songs. Oh, even like as a cohesive idea. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, we're yeah. making an album with like some lyrical cohesiveness and, and sonic cohesiveness and stuff. And uh, what about grower not a shower? Chris? Uh
1: So I'm actually going to have to look at my phone for this, but, um, to me it was, it was really, um, artistic license. I think that song, I don't know if I really like kind of like caught like the whole idea of it before. Um, and when I was like re-listening to it, I, I don't know. I just kind of thought it was a, like a, a really good piece of music. So that that's it for me.
0: I think I agree, Chris. I think, I think that's it f- for me too. I think artistic license is one that, uh, I don't think I ever disliked it or would have skipped it right. or something, but I do think it, uh, I like it more now than I did.
2: Kyle, what about you? Um, I don't know. Can you see it? Uh, <laughs> there's a glare. <laughs> it's artistic license. <laughs>
0: that's fantastic.
1: How does this happen every time? That's really
0: funny. I mean, I think that there's just obviously... I would love to, like, Pandora Music Genome Project these songs to figure out what is it that doesn't hit us up front, but then later, you know, becomes this thing where we go like, oh,
2: wow, I didn't... Because it's not... It, I cannot figure out what the pattern is, but it well, happens to me and, on almost every album. And in the, on this particular album, I would say that, like, not always when we do Grow or Not a Shower am I like... Yeah, it totally grew on me and I love it now. But like this one, it it was that way. Like, you know, at first I was like, mm, you know, okay, that's all right and and I love it. So, it totally well, grew on me.
1: Well, and I I can't speak for you guys, but to, you know, usually when like we, you know, us three decide on an album, um the first time I've listened to any of these albums front to back in maybe 10 years is mm-hmm. when we decide to do a record. So I'm really listening to it with fresh ears for the first time in like a decade, like from front to back as a piece of music. And so for us to almost always agree on this, it, <laughs> I don't know, it's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, it's specifically on that little award, The Girl We're sure. we we yeah. tend to line up on it quite a bit, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of strange. Well, I think that's it. Any other thoughts, guys, on this album before we uh, wrap it up?
1: Well, it you know, it, Chris from the past. If you're listening to future Chris, Somehow. just go to, go to Kyle's house. Ask him what songs to write, how to write them. He can see the future
0: and invest in Apple and Tesla. <laughs> uh. Uh, All right. Well, thanks for listening again. If you uh, like what you hear, please consider giving us a glowing five star review on iTunes. And of course, please subscribe to our new. So sorry, please subscribe. So the new episodes just show up. We're coming out every every two weeks on Tuesdays. They're coming out Um, and obviously do comments, disagreements, suggestions. You can email us at info at findingemopod.com or you cannot find us on Twitter right now, probably unless Twitter ever answers my emails, uh, but you can go to find the email pod on Facebook and we can discuss things nicely in the comment section. Uh, just, you know, maybe don't tweet what I said on Twitter to get me suspended uh, on Facebook. All right, we'll catch you next time.
2: Bye.